Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. My special guest today. Listen, I'm not even going to do an introduction because I couldn't wait to talk to this person. Oh, I love you. Don't show her yet. I love you with all my heart. You're one of my favorite people of all time. And we listen, I'm going to ask her questions that she don't get asked on Fox News, CNN, let alone the Jim Baker show. <laughs> We're going to know about her personal life about that. I want to know what was your first kiss like and what did your daddy think about that? Don't answer that. Don't reveal my special guest just yet. But she's here today and is none other than Dr. Alveda King. I love you with all my heart. Hi, my Listen, I can't, I can't believe this. I'm a kid from East L.A. and I grew up in the gang culture. And here I am hosting my own television show syndicated nationally. L.A., New York City, Atlanta, Dallas, Miami, all the major cities are airing my program. And I'm just this kid from East L.A. that believed in the dream, believed in God, believed that all things are possible. And listen, today I want to talk to you because I love you with all my heart. Every time I watch you on TV, you inspire me. Your legacy from your dad. You're the daughter of the late Reverend A.D. King. You're the niece of one of the greatest civil rights. And most people forget that he was a Baptist minister, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And you have been fighting for life and, and, and for all of us for almost 40 years. Is that right? All right. I, I love people that fight. I come from a fighting background. <laughs> we fight differently today, though, right? Well, listen, you have been fighting for the unborn. You have uh, an evangelist. I love that. You always put, no, call me an evangelist. Don't name me any other title. I'm an evangelist for Christ. You, you are an award-winning speaker. You are a songwriter. Listen, your music is out. I can't wait to hear the whole entire album. And you're a best-selling author. You've done it all. You've been with presidents. You've set up the White House. And now you're on my show sitting on the orange couch. Oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome, my special guest, my tia. I call her my tia, my auntie. Your auntie. Uh, <laughs> auntie. Dr. Alvita King. Welcome. Well, thank you. I tried to match the couch with my lipstick. I hope I came close. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I thought I would try to do. Do you ever get bothered when people introduce you as the niece of civil rights? Martin Luther King Jr. Does that ever bother you? It does not bother me to be introduced as the niece of Martin Luther King Jr. I am the niece of Martin Luther King Jr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But I've always wanted people to know me, not just because of my relationship with a very famous person, but to know Alveda. Alve who is Alveda King? Alveda King is a woman who loves the Lord and probably, I love God from a little girl, but I did not give my life to God, to Jesus Christ until 1983. But I used to just be this kind of a kid. I'd go out in the middle of nature and just love nature. I would read the Psalms and things like that. So I've always loved God, but I did not always live for God. Ooh. Well, listen, we were talking about this before the program, and you're so kind to be on my program. You're, we watch you all over. We watch you on CNN commentating. We watch you on Fox News. We watch you with the president, the dignitaries. And now you're here with this ex-gang member that found Christ on my orange couch. Feels like we're in the dorm room of a college or somewhere. <laughs> it but does a little <laughs> bit. Maybe a man cave. But I was talking to you about 
when did you have your first kiss and what did your daddy do? Because now my little girl is turning 11 now and now I got to worry about her having her first kiss. And I don't know how I'm going to handle that, Thea King. <laughs> well, I have two daughters and four granddaughters. And I have to have very candid talks with my granddaughters. And some of them are not so old. Some of them are young. And their mothers and I tend to sit down and talk with them. And I talk to my grandsons. And I say to them, I said, okay, you want a nice, sweet wife, pure, and all of that. But if you're going to sleep with everybody, sister, cousin, mama, and uh, all of that, before you get married, where are you going to find one? And mm. where are your friends going to find one? So you need to leave the girls alone until you're ready to marry the girls. That's what I tell the guys. <laughs> and then I tell the girls, there's a more value to you as a girl, your body, your soul, your spirit. That's where your value really is. And you just don't want to give that away to just anybody. Mm. And my grandmother taught me that. Mama King. And so Big Mama, when I was 13, had a talk like that with me. But my daddy reinforced it. So when we were little, we had a little game called Spin the Bottle. Yeah, and I you go to a party, that. you spin the bottle, and whoever it lands on, you kiss and all that. <laughs> you play, Dr. Alvita King, you play that game? I tried oh. to play it. I tried. <laughs> but no boy ever wanted to kiss me because they were scared of my head. <laughs> Listen, if you think for one second that the kings were out marching 24 hours a day, you got you lived a My normal daddy life. was chasing the boys away. And oh. after I grew up years later, they would say, you were one of the prettiest girls, but your daddy said that he was nonviolent, but he had a nonviolent baseball bat. <laughs> so they wouldn't kiss me. I couldn't get anybody to steal a oh, kiss. Man. I got my first kiss, honestly, when I was engaged to my first husband. Where, where was that first and kiss? So in the car? And so we sneaked away in the car. We had gone on a date, and we were in the park. And so we were going to kiss in the car and everything. <laughs> and, and we started trying to kiss. And the police comes up to the window. Oh, no. And he says, your daddy's looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. That really did happen. Everybody knew your family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I w was that boy scared? He was. <laughs> it was just amazing. So and he lived to marry you. Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. I wonder what that conversation. Were you there when your dad talked to him? I'm, I was not. Dad did walk me down the aisle, and then a week later, he was assassinated. Oh. So, but he told, he talked to my husband. That was my first husband. I married mm -hmm. more than once. And uh, I remember that I still have the wedding pictures. Oh, you, you are beautiful. Thank you. You are Thank one you. of the kindest people I've ever met. And I've met a lot of people, and I can truly say you are so genuine. You control your narrative, don't you? I try, and I said many years ago, when I became born again in 1983. And I had lived a risque life. I had had abortions. I had been divorced and all that kind of thing. But I said, Mr. Devil, because I was talking about Kenneth Hagin. Yeah. Said you call him Mr. Devil. Mm. He's not a joke. Nobody to play with. I said, Mr. Devil, if you trick me into doing something, I'm going to put the story on the front page of the paper. You're not going to be able to use it against me. So I have a pretty clear, open life. And I'm very candid. And uh, this is, was a joke at our church for a long time. I've been a member of Believer's Bible Christian Church in Atlanta since 87. And so I would be out and tempted to sin and all of this. And I've told people, when you sin, tempted to sin or sin, run straight to God. Mm. So I 
a young man I was divorced then, and he was trying to convince me to come over to his house, which there was no way I should have gone to his house. <laughs> and I was getting ready to go to his house, and it was a great temptation. And so I ended up going to church that night instead, and I fell on the altar. <laughs> I'm crying and crying, and the members, well, what does she do now? And so that was always the question. But I was ordained, and I had a card of ordination. And on the back of the card, it says, any bearer of this card, if they should cease to walk in holiness, will turn it in. So I went to church crying to give my card Oh, back. boy. And so my pastor <laughs> said, well, what did you do? And I really hadn't done it. I just thought about it. And he said, well, that's some who really need to give it back. Oh. So he took the card back. Several years later, I was reordained at that same church. Wow. But I was ready to completely walk in holiness. Wow. That takes a lot of courage to be able to admit that's the kind of person you are. Mm -hmm. You're genuine. Because I want to be true. close to Jesus. That's I it. Just, just, and listen, yeah. you have had the public stage for a long time. Can I ask you this? Because I, I, I watch the news closely. And I watch Twitter closely. And I watch what people are saying for what we do, you almost have to be involved with almost every conversation that's out there to not just form your opinion, but just to understand it. Because I'm tired of shows that are opinion-based and not, especially Christian shows that are opinion-based. I want to be about the Word, Absolutely. right? Because the I Word is too. what changed my life. It wasn't my opinion or the pastor's opinion. It was the Word that changed my life. Took this kid from East L.A., gang culture, being involved in crime, and it was no one's opinion that changed my life. It was the power of the gospel that changed my life. But I think today's culture has got it mixed up. We base everything on opinion. But when I watch what the King family says on Twitter and, and what's going on with Bernice and, and, and then, you know, Junior the Third, and how's your relationship with the kids of Dr. Martin Luther King? I'm in relationship with my families very closely, Bernie's and Dexter and Martin. We do not agree with each other. Our worldviews are different. Well, we all believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so I'm going to read this. I wanted to read it. I can quote it. For God, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In the next verse, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, mm -hmm. but that the world through him might be saved. Now, we agree, my whole family, Bernie's, Dexter, mm -hmm. Martin, I, my children, um, all the members of my family believe that, but how we interpret it and live it is totally different because Bernice is now, right now, during this time period in her life, teaching about critical race theory. Yeah. And she feels, I believe, I have to get real clear with her on this, that critical race theory should be taught in schools. Mm -hmm. Now, I differ in that I think that a, the real critical race theory mm -hmm. should be taught in school. And that is there is one blood out of Acts 17:26, and that all people are human beings and that we are all made in the image and likeness of God. And that we have all made a mistake to accept the lie that because of skin color, yeah. we're different races. Bernice won't go that far. She'll quote Acts 17, 26. Mm -hmm. But to say, well, let's just teach it this way. Everybody get together and repent. Go to God and say, we have worshipped skin color. We were wrong. That was an idol. Now we want to do it your way. 
So I think she may be on the path of getting there. Interestingly enough, if we have time, I'm going to try to tell this one real fast. There was a group of people in 2020 for 9-11, you know, the, when the Twin Towers were bombed yeah. and the anniversary of 9-11. So these African-American students and young people went to a rally. And there were the Caucasians and the conservatives and all of the uh, Bible worldview people there. And so they were saying, we've got to repent. We've got to apologize to the black people. We have to <laughs> wash the black people's feet. So these black kids walk up and said, we're here to wash your feet. Ooh. Oh, no, no, you can't wash our feet. We did wrong to you. We made you slaves. We did that. He said, that happened, but we believed we were victims. We believe our skin color made us different from you. We're not different from you. You need to wash our feet. We need to wash your feet. We need to go to God together and accept that we are one wow. race. That really did happen. Wow. So that's what I want to do with Bernice. I don't know how we can get to that place together. I would love to get there with Bernice to say, let's teach the real critical race theory. That's it. One blood, one race. That's it. And that's a challenge. Yeah. That's such a challenging time with the culture that we're in right now. I want to talk to you about, and I thought about this question, by the way, because I'm always intrigued about the I have a dream speech. It's a historic speech. It's a groundbreaking speech, yet challenging speech, right? Okay. And 1963, it was a very challenging time for America, but yet it was probably one of the greatest times to deliver a message for that hour that I think is for now as well. But I, got, I thought about this question. You were 12 years old, I believe, when that I speech. What do you do with that dream at 12 years old? Where do you go? And then what do we do with that dream? Can you answer me that? I have because lived that same dream, the American dream, all of my life. Martin Luther King Jr. was able to deliver that particular speech. And it was a thing that was already present. And he picked it up and brought it. Mahalia Jackson, as a matter of fact, is reported to have said, tell him about the dream, Martin. I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. I yeah. could not believe. Did she really say that? Yes, yeah, she did. And so the American dream wow. is a dream for everybody, not just one group of people or another. And what really happened, my grandfather, Martin Luther King Sr., and his wife, Alberta King, Daddy King's grandfather was Nathan Branham King from County Cork, Ireland. Mm. Mama King's people were freed slaves. So they married. And Granddaddy always said, I'm a man. I'm part Irish. I'm part African. Yeah. And I'm a man. Mama King... Well, my people were freed as slaves, and they have accomplished many things, and it has nothing to do with their skin color. So you have this marriage, and then my mom's people were part Cherokee. Wow. So we grew up in a family where we did not designate skin color and race in the same categories. And because Martin Luther King understood that, he was able to stand and say, I am a man. I have a dream. It is the American dream. He was very patriotic. Uh, and if he were here today, he still would be. Wow. So that's why it's very important that children learn the fullness of the history, not just a part of this history, part of that, where we hate each other. Oh, Jim Crow and the evil people were killing black people. Well, all the people who did that, they were evil not because of skin color, but because of the state of their hearts. What impact did 
Malcolm X and Martin Luther King have with each other? Did they ever meet? They did, did they meet at the did airport they? and shook hands in the airport. Oh, man. Now, but what you have to understand with is I wish someone Instagram or Twitter would could have <laughs> caught it. Could have caught it. But uh, they their methods were different. But yeah. Malcolm X, when he became Shabazz, yeah. and he went over to Mecca and he saw that the Muslims were fair-skinned, with blue eyes, several of them. And he says, I can't hate these people. It shook them. They believe the same thing I believe. So he comes back to this nation and was killed by his own people because he said the lie of skin color was dividing people, and it shouldn't. Nelson Mandela, I see a book on him yeah. here. And he came to that same conclusion. And so if any of them that we've just named were here, including my dad and my granddaddy too, they would just say, we are human beings created in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn together and live together. Martin Luther King Jr. says, we must learn to live together as brothers. And I added sisters or perish yes, together as fools. When I was a little girl, is this the King James? No. Okay. But if we had the King James Bible here. And the King James, it always says... I'm Latino. I can't pronounce those. Okay, okay, okay. But listen, listen. Man, I gotta, I'm barely can speak English. But listen, man should not live by bread That's alone. That's it. Every man. So I would Ooh. say to daddy, I say, daddy. Yes, baby. Well, it just says men have to do this. And I'm a little Negro girl. So I don't have to do it because it didn't say women had to do it. <laughs> and he said, no, God created male and female. That's human. Oh, you and were so challenging we that even then. All the way through my life. Oh, uh, can I ask you this? No, because I need to ask you this one first. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Take over. They'll be the king show. By said, the way, you got to invite me to your show. I will you, do it. I'll be the king's show. house. We'll I'll cook Mexican house. food. We'll that cook. would be great. Look, can we do that? We probably can. Let's try and make it happen. Let's do that. I Let's love try. your show. I love how genuine Stop it is. Stop changing the subject. <laughs> These marks, are those gang marks or what? Yes, ma'am. I know. So can One you tell me? One of them is the three it. dots is Mi Vida Loca, My Crazy Life. Okay. And the other one is the teardrop that I earned. I don't, you're the first person I ever, <laughs> usually you don't talk about your tattoos, but I've earned this tattoo. A lot of, most of the tattoos I have, I've earned them. Okay. I was identified as a gang member since I was seven years old. Oh my goodness. And I walked away from it. Um, they lied to me and I felt betrayed. But I've earned this stripes, this, and I left them on as a testimony. I love it. You know? I do. And you have lived to tell the story. And now you lead people to Jesus. And so that's how transformational. Here you are out of a gang. Here I am delivered from abortion. But today we love Jesus. And we're not ashamed to say what we did because we've been transformed in the name of Jesus by the power of the blood of Jesus. That's, I love it. I love yeah. how I believe yeah. in restoration. Mm -hmm. It's what mm -hmm. changed my life. You know, my sister told me three of the most powerful phrases that changed my life was what if God is real? What if prayer works? And what if you have a different destiny? Whoa. Now you got to understand, Alvita, you Whoa. know this. In, in the inner city and in the gang culture, they told me, do not make any plans after 18 years old because you're not going to live long enough to see it. Therefore, don't make any plans for it. I had no plans to make it after 18 because I knew I was either going to be six feet underground or I was going to spend the rest of my life in prison just like the oh rest my of my God. homeboys. Oh my God. And so I had no plan. So when my sister walked in, I didn't believe in God. I mm -hmm. had no hope in God. I had no idea that I could even talk to God. But when she challenged me to do that, and I accepted that challenge, and I believed every word in this book here, 
it changed my life overnight. There was a song that was being sung at the back of the church. It was at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burdens of my heart <sighs> rolled away. I broke yeah. down and cried. Mm -hmm. And I said, you love me? Mm -hmm. You want me? The world said, lock them up, throw the key away. Yeah. And here I am hosting my own program, a national television program through the PTL network. Millions of people are watching this program. I have no background, and I'm here with Dr. Alveda King. I'm proud to call you my friend. And here I am by the grace of God, by, by the, the restoration of God. of God, we're here together. And, and I thought about this next question because do I worry? Absolutely. But do I have hope in God? Absolutely. I know my time is leaving us, but can America dream again? <laughs> America <laughs> must dream again. Oh. Yeah, my uncle said, Martin Luther King Jr., I have a dream. It's the American dream. Uh, as a matter of fact, on this music project here, The Impossible Dream is one of the songs here. So with man, some things are impossible. Many things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. So America can dream again. America must dream again. And the dream begins with us. When we dream, then we move forth in the truth of that dream and we act. Frederick Douglass said, and I'm paraphrasing, I used to pray all the time, but nothing happened. Until as I prayed, I got up off my knees and began to act. Faith without works is dead. Faith mm. works by and through love. So when we have love and action in faith and prayer, then we can live this American dream. What would you want your legacy to be, hmm. Evangelist Alveda King? I tell my children all the time and now my grandchildren. My mother, my grandmother grew to be an old lady who loved Jesus Christ. Now, that's on the side, and that sounds sensible and good. Uh, I will mention there's a movie series that I used to like, and it's called Terminator. And the Terminator's mother would say, the machines are coming. You need mm -hmm. to get ready. So, and that's why I wear a leather jacket on top I of other nice stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is coming. Get ready. Wow. Jesus is you coming. Believe get that? ready. I really do. I know, and he's coming sooner than later, I believe. And every generation has believed that since he was uh, resurrected at from Calvary, yeah. but I believe it's pretty close. We are that really revelation generation. I believe so. I got a few more moments. Why did you make this album? Why, why did you feel you wanted to sing again? I began to sing again. I wrote my first song in 1974, Let Freedom Ring. And I, I believe I put that on mm -hmm. there. Yeah, I did. So I've written many songs since then. And I didn't sing publicly very much. Mm -hmm. I would write and get other people to sing. And I'm not the greatest singer now. But I love to you sing for the Lord. You have a beautiful voice. Well, it's okay. It is. But I love to sing for the Lord. And I believe that as we sing, as we praise God and worship God, then we come closer to God and we can be a, make a big difference in the earth. What do you want this generation to know about how you did things growing up? Where did you have that tenacity? How do we get that tenacity and run with it? Every generation is the now generation. And the gospel has to be told in every generation. When you bring the generations together, 
like uh, you're a lot younger than I am, but we're here now breathing the same air and doing the same work. So in every generation, we have leaders. Mm. The people who live right now, no matter how old or how young you are, you are a leader. So that's very important. And as we come together in the generations and do the work of the cross and the gospel and the resurrection, then eternity is going to be more real for more people. So that's my goal, to reach people for Jesus Christ and to do it in my generation. It just so happens now I'm living in your generation oh. and then you've got little daughters and children yes. who are living in a generation. So we have a, a good mission and it's to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I cannot let you leave unless you pray. Okay. Listen, I love hearing your voice. It brings hope to me. And there's days where you want to give up. There's days where I know you feel like everything is just caving in in your life and you feel like your, your hope is gone. I know the world tells you a lot of stuff. The social media tells you a lot of stuff. But the gospel is what we're still here for, is, is the true gospel. There's another gospel being preached in the church. But you know what? That's okay. The Bible told us that would happen. But the true gospel is what changed my life. It's when someone took the time to pray for me. And I want to ask my special guest, my friend, my tia, <laughs> to pray for you. I know you need the prayer. Can you pray for us, Dr. King? Because sure we need that prayer more than ever. Pray for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, as Mondo and I sit here, and we're praying not just for ourselves, but for our generations, for the dominion territories to which you've given us. We're praying not only for everyone within the sound of our voice or who can see us by this modern technology, Lord, but for those who cannot would naturally see us or hear us. Jesus prayed in John 17, not just for those who were there then, but for those who would come and would believe on his name because he took the time to be with them. We thank you for the ability, still here in this nation, America, to praise your holy name, to lift up the name of Jesus, to speak of Holy Spirit, to call you Father, alive and loudly, Lord God. And even in the days where it looks as though that cannot happen and people begin to try to silence it, let us remember every generation where a remnant always arises and proclaims the gospel and the glory. So here we are, Lord, here to worship, to obey, to yield. Touch the heart of the young and the old and the in-between, O oh God, regardless of ethnicity, skin color, uh, physical conditions, economic conditions. Lord, when things seem scarce in the world, your abundance is mighty and clear. The whole earth is actually filled with your glory. So we thank you. Because truly, it is your kingdom, your power, and your glory, and that is forever, truly. For every young person, Lord, who's in doubt and cannot know what to believe, then send those, send those laborers. The laborers may be few. I even ask that you increase the laborers, Lord of the harvest. Let there be more laborers in the name of Jesus. I bind and curse every work of darkness and cancel demonic assignments in Jesus' name. And let this generation now learn up how to stand up, to grow up and stand up in the power and might of Holy Spirit. And Lord, as these things come to pass, and I believe it is so as we speak it, Lord, just let your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
Amen. I love you. Love you too. Come back anytime. I will. I have to go. Remember, you can go to ptlshop.com. I need your support. Keep praying for me and thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life. Remember, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Keep the faith. It's going to be all right. Absolutely. Bye.